Who are the rookies to watch out for? Were there any surprises in Summer League? Is the postgame disappearing? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. I am pleased to bring on the show, friend of the breakdown, Mo Dakil, who is a former video coordinator for the Spurs, Clippers, and Team Australia, and also runs the Jump Ball, well, excuse me, JumpBall.net, even though it is the JumpBall.net as well in my mind, but we'll call it what it is, the URL. So, Mo, thanks for coming on the show and uh, talking Summer League. Oh, thanks for having me, Coach Nick. I'm always happy. Anytime I get a message from you, I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, uh, the irony is we were both in Vegas for several days uh, overlap and never even uh, connected there or saw each other. Um, it sounds like it was a, a fruitful trip for me, for you as well. Yeah, it was. You know, that's the funny thing about Vegas. It's it's so small yet so big at the same time. So many things happening, and you just I just missed you or oh this or that. Like it's just it's a tough. Uh, Sometimes it's, it's easier to just say, like, hey, let's just connect when we get home. Yeah, right. And, and you're battling, like, uh, the, the cell phone battery draining oh, uh, stuff, which is weird. And they have those those, those uh, little, you know, things you can plug your phone in, but they're, uh, everyone's on them. There's no extra cord for you. So, uh, and although I did, it's funny, I did find one, and I ended up having a nice conversation with somebody while we were both waiting for our phones to charge a little bit. So there's another uh, way, way to network. So, uh, I'm, a big so fan of, I'm a big fan of the portable chargers. So yeah. I, have, I have my little portable charger that I take with me whenever I, especially going to an event like Summer League, I'm like, oh, okay, I need yes. to take that. Right. Well, the next podcast will be uh, will be sponsored by one of those portable uh, <laughs> chargers for sure. So, uh, we're, you know, people might have been watching a little bit on TV. I mean, certainly the TV coverage has been really impressive. They cover, I think, every single game now. They're doing interviews. Uh, almost as if they saw somebody else do interviews from years ago at Summer League. It is really great one-on-ones and broadcast, you know, put them up right away, and now they're doing them. So, you know, however they got the idea, it's good for them. Um, so, but it's really impressive. So people can really get a handle on what's happening and who and where. I did a really cool interview with Fran Fraschillo where we talked about, um, you know, what it really means and how important Summer League production is or not, or the absence of production. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, go check it over on our YouTube channel. But Mo, what do you what what jumped out in your mind off the top of your off the top of the bat? Like you know, which player uh, that you thought maybe like even surprised you the most in summer league? Yeah, you know, I think hands down, I think if you ask anybody, everybody's going to kind of say the same name, and it's going to be Wendell Carter Jr. and and rightfully so. Uh, he it's summer league, so let's preface it that way. I'm sure you had that conversation with with Fran for you know a little bit about just. You got to sort of temper your expectations from what you see in summer league. It's great to see guys succeed and some guys are going to struggle, but overall doesn't have that much of a bearing going forward. But it was great to see Wendell Carter Jr. Just kind of really step up. I mean, he looked like the best big out there of those bigs that were all drafted. Um, he, he was all over the place defensively. He hit showed he can have some range. He, he, he was there at help side and constantly, if he didn't block a shot, he altered it. was doing a great job rebounding. It was, it was really an impressive all-around performance. And, and you kinda, I kind of walked away going, like, this guy has some shades of Al, Hor- Al Horford, but even a better rim protector than him. Oh, yeah, um, a better rebounder, too. Yeah, and, 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 but you know, just kind of that ability of, like, I can do just about everything for a team on the court. Um, he did well switching on the guards. I watched him switch on to Trey Young a few times and was pretty impressed with how he handled that. Yeah. You know, it, overall, just like a 
you're just like, wow, that's if if he can bring that to an NBA game, you know, at, in the regular season and stuff like this is a great pick for the Bulls. And, you know, like I said, he looked like one of the best bigs out there in that that were drafted in the top five, six, seven, wherever, wherever he ended up going. Yeah, it's funny. I'm looking through all we're talking about. Somebody asked me on Twitter on June 22nd what my thoughts were on the Bulls selection of Wendell Carter, number seven. And I quoted that saying, I low-key like him better than Bagley. And remember, this is right This is right after the draft. And all of a sudden, yes, what you described is like a, kind of like a revelation. But it was, well, I had seen that in my – as I was going through the footage uh, to prepare for our draft day coverage was a guy who was like a really good athlete, could shoot the three, was really aggressive on defense. Like to me, Bagley could be the kind of guy who was like could fall into – I mean, I know they're both lefties, so I'm kind of thinking that, but like a Michael Beasley kind of guy, right, who is right. awesome in college, has all the ability in the world, but like maybe never kind of comes to fruition. And I don't know why that's kind of – that parallels there, but certainly um, I don't understand a lot of times when that happens how a guy like Bagley gets picked, you know, several spots ahead of Carter. Yeah, it's, you know, I think there was, well, one, it was the Kings. So let's just always preface that, okay. <laughs> taking him too. Um, I think some of it too was just people felt, you know, felt very, he's a very athletic young man. He can really do some things. He can shoot it pretty well himself. I'm not a big Bagley fan at all. Mm. I, I, I have questions of him defensively and, 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 you know, sort of a defensive IQ. And I get it. He's 19. He's a young kid. He, he, he's going to get some NBA level coaching now. And we'll, we'll see what it looks like. Uh, but there were flashes from him, too, where I was I was encouraged, though, um, okay. and was was a little more excited. There were a few times where I saw him rotate over on the weak side, which is something we didn't get to see a lot at Duke because they they played zone all year. And part of the reason why they played zone was, you know, the story was that Bagley was so bad defensively. So, um, you know, I, I have my concerns about Bagley. I mean. I'm, I'm of all the bigs, I'm I have him pretty low as well. Um, you know, in in, in the rankings, I, I wasn't high on him in the draft, and I'm, he didn't really blow me away in summer league. And part of that too was he he ended up not playing a lot of it as well. Fair enough. Well, let's move on to another uh, player that maybe caught your eye that you want to uh, make sure we're all aware of. Who would you say that would be? The the New York Knicks got a lot to be excited about. I know they're very excited about Kevin Knox, but I I was really blown away by uh, Mitchell Robinson. Big kid, really has shades of of Clint Capella. You know, this kid was blocking everything at the rim. He was rolling hard. He was trying to dunk everything. He doesn't have a jumper or anything like that, but you can just see him as a strong roller to the rim, and, you know, he's going to crash the offensive glass. When he gets the ball, he's going to try to dunk it. He's not going to try to do anything finesse with it or anything like that. And at the same time, anybody who came into the lane, they had to deal with him. You know, he was blocking shots. He was he was pinning them to the backboard. I mean, it was it was really impressive. I knew nothing about the kid going into the draft, or excuse me, going even into summer league. You know, I, I immediately was just like, who the hell is this? And, <laughs> right. and, 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 and just immediately knocked me over. I was just like, wow, this this kid's going to be, he's going to be great. Um, and I mean, great. He's going to fit a role perfectly for the Knicks. Shot blocking. He's going to be a guy that can sub in for uh, Porzingis when he comes in healthy and they can have, you know, a lethal role guy. He's going to help them defensively. You can play him with Porzingis and they can have a twin towers thing going on the defensive end with him trying to block more shots and whatnot. So it was a, it, it was quite a revelation. Knox looked good and got a lot of the headlines because he, he started out really strong and looked and played well. But for me, it was Mitchell Robinson of the Knicks. I was just like, wow, this wow. kid. Well, we may not have heard about him much because he played at Western Kentucky 
And uh, he's seven one with a seven four wingspan, so he's like a really long. Uh, gonna have to fill out a little bit, but I like the Capella comparison. Uh, I guess the question is, is certainly offensively, skill wise, there isn't much there yet. And I, I think Capella was probably the same way. So is that is that a similar comparison offensively as far as any of that skill? Because by the way, now Capella can do can handle the ball. And he can be right. a part of a dribble handoff series, and he can. I know he can't shoot it, but he certainly can handle the ball better. Um, are we, is, do you feel like Robinson is on that same trajectory? I mean, that should be the the goal, right? Like when they're in their development program, that should be who he should be watching film on. That should be the guy that they're saying, "This is who you need to be able to emulate. You need to develop these skills." The other thing that Capella does has, has gotten better at this year, and and hopefully will continue to improve is when he catches the role hitting the guy in the corner as the weak side comes over to help. Mm-hmm. And that's something that if a big man can do that off the roll, you know, that's a tough pass on the move. I mean, you, we have guards that have problems making that pass. And for a big guy to be able to make that pass into the corner, you know, as soon as he catches it on the roll, recognize where the defense is and, and making that corner pass, that opens up everything now. Because now it's, you know, now he's going to have opportunities when he rolls where that defender is not sure if he should go or not. And, you know, if they hesitate, he's going to use his athleticism to dunk. If they come, he's going to make that pass. So I think the, the trajectory and, and the goal for the Knicks should be to, to focus on, on kind of let's emulate Capella. Let's get him watching Capella film, and, and you got to help develop him and that stuff. Listen, it's great if he develops a, a jumper and, and, and all of that stuff, and, and they'll work on it. But it's not it, – it, it's uh, – for, for his – particular skill set the stuff i'd really try to focus on and narrow down would be being able to pass out of you know rolling situations and 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 then build from there sure you know it's funny because it seems like as we're moving forward in the next you know five years whatever it's going to be the like the kevin durant body type that will be the center no longer are we going to have dwight howard's or you know um i don't know who else is big these days uh i can't even think who's like that uh, well i mean we we, we just won't see a lot of like heavy post-up guys right i mean and and that might change too if if like if joel Embiid comes out and really dominates next season you know this is everybody copies everybody right so you know and 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 even the kids as they're growing up right so if we see joel Embiid really dominate for the next five to ten years from from the post We'll see more more teams look for that. And we all know how more and more teams scour the ends of the earth looking for basketball talent, not just on the court, but in the office as well. This is where ZipRecruiter comes in, and they can help solve all of your hiring problems by visiting ZipRecruiter.com breakdown. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com breakdown. That's ZipRecruiter.com breakdown, Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R dot com slash B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. So what are you waiting for? Check them out. But I don't know. It feels to me like, you know, and, and I think that they're, what, what Kevin Durant is lucky with is that, I think I said this before, but, 
you know, 20 years ago, Durant, they would have forced Durant to gain another 40 or 50 pounds, right. would have thrown down the block. He never would have even gotten a chance to, to play on the perimeter. So um, I'm thinking that, yeah, the, the game is evolving very quickly. Now, a Jokic guy, even though he might be sort of bigger and not that athletic, I was watching him work out uh, last week a little bit, and he still isn't really – I'm kind of wondering, like, will he ever be cut? Like, he just doesn't have a body that's – you know, I don't know if it's the way his diet is or what he, how he trains – but the bottom line is he's got, you know, incredible uh, perimeter skills. So I suppose that even if you kind of get that kind of biceps a little bit bigger, maybe less athletic, but you still have the, the perimeter skills, that clearly is what we're, I guess, we're going to uh, in theory. Although, again, or we're going to have a whole subset of the Capella people. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting way these things sort of develop over the years and something to watch for. Like you said, you know, we're going to see a lot more – seven foot guys that, that are going to emulate Kevin Durant growing up. And, and we're going to see those guys coming out of college and, and, uh, high school and, and, and look at them. Um, you know, it's going to be a high standard to reach K, uh, KD, but you know, we're going to, we're going to see some of this stuff and, and it's going to be interesting because the whole center position is, is changed. You know, we had a Western conference finals where we had five on five with no center on the court. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I should do a video on that. I think like that was really fascinating. And there's also, uh, maybe I even did it. I can't remember. There's a moment, I believe, in the Celtics Sixers series or a few moments where um, I even think they had centers, but it was all attack on the catch. And it was so sure. dizzying to watch how fast the offenses were moving. It wasn't even like pace. I'm just talking about in the half court. Um, and right. if that's where we're moving towards, then it's a, t- it's a, just a different game. It's not the same game that we're watching now or certainly not we watched uh, you know, in 10 years ago. I was actually looking through some footage of the uh, 08 Celtics to do a video on dropping today. And um, and it's just it's just remarkable how it just was weird to watch. And by the way, Paul Pierce, his defensive efforts sucked. <laughs> I just want to say that. I was looking through a lot of Celtics defense and about for ice defense. And I'm like, he just didn't he just didn't give out, man. I mean, no, maybe every once in a while against LeBron, but man, and, I, and it bothered me then, and it bothers me more now going back. But let's get back. <laughs> let's focus back on uh, summer league. So I actually had a chance to sit through a whole game. I did that a whole. I was talking to somebody, but I was watching. Mo Bamba versus DeAndre Ayton. It was one of those big ones. They did it in uh, Thomas and Mac. It was really crowded. That's the other thing that was kind of crazy. And um, a really quick an- uh, anecdote was there's, there's more VIP seating in the Thomas and Mac Center now than there ever used to be. So yeah. I grabbed a chair on the end of an aisle. It looked like it was the row in front of the VIP seating where they had roped it off. And so if I could kind of get in there, I thought it was open. Security guard is running over, and he's like, "No, no, you got to move." And like some guy who was sitting six or seven seats in was like, "Oh, no, 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 that's okay." He, I had to get like a special dispensation because I think the guy, you know, knew b-ball breakdown and like allowed me to sit there. But it was like that's why I had to go through just to get a damn seat in the same place. Um, so I'm, we're watching. I'm with you on that though, right? Like Thomas and Mac has gotten really crowded. And they've cordoned off so many seats where I'm like, we, we, we want the fans to sit in these seats and enjoy these games here. Like the yeah. VIP guys, you know, they have a section already. They don't, you know, there's a re- it doesn't look good. There's a lot of empty seats when we have fans in the uh, the nosebleeds. Sorry, I didn't yeah, mean to Yeah, cut. no, I, I agree. I agree. And, and thank you to DJ of the Mavericks up there who, uh, who who sat next to me. We chatted for a while, but it was like, I don't, you know, my savior let me just sit, have a seat. So, but we're watching, I'm watching Aiton and Bamba. Here's my first impression of Bamba, because I'd seen him work out a little bit with uh, Drew Hamlin, and, uh, you know, he's certainly an impressive specimen, Um, and he has some ability offensively, but he kind of just disappears in my mind. There's like, there's a lot of moments you just don't even know he's out there, compared to Aiton, for instance, and I'm wondering if you had that same feeling. Yeah, I feel like with Bamba, he's still learning the game. 
Um, I feel like it's just a matter of he 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 doesn't know where he's supposed to be at all times and and, and kind of checks out. And I think that might have been one of the question marks of him going into the draft as well. You know, that's the thing of summer league because you kind of you get to see some of these weaknesses and and strengths that are that are highlighted going you know from the draft. You know, we see this right away. Um, you know, the the thing is too though is I think he can be a really good player. He's he's so long. You know, right. he just stands there and puts a hand up. It's like that alone would be effective. Um, you, you know, so I'm with you on that. I can kind of see him sort of checking in and out of the game a bit. Um, and, and he's not as present as you would like him to constantly be. I agree. I agree. That's, that's exactly how I feel about him. And so um, now, was he a guy that came to basketball late? You know, I'm not sure. I, I uh, let me. I'll Google that real quick. Okay. Um, yeah, because th- th- when you say that, like he's still learning the game, I kind of just wonder if it was some of those things where he wasn't playing basketball and then all of a sudden he got really long. Because uh, it does feel that way. I, he definitely lacks like the aggression. And so the question there is: is do you can you actually like improve your aggression offensively in the NBA? Uh, I mean, I'm sure certainly plenty of guys have gotten better with their skill, and then that sort of leads to a little bit more aggression. But I don't know if he's ever going to have that killer mentality, which is probably fine. Like, you know, he could be that guy who's a double-double machine uh, in that Capella mode. I know, you know, they want him to start shooting some jump shots. Um, but um, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm, it's curious to see how that's going to develop. So I'm worried. But now on the flip side, Aiton is a guy, though, who is aggressive, I think, who does have that kind of thing. And funnily enough, in the game I saw, he actually did. There's a question of his motor. But I saw him chase down a guy. It ended up being a foul, I believe. But he chased a guy down from half court who was way out in front, caught him, and then kind of blocked it, maybe a little bit of foul, fell into the stands. And I think the Phoenix Sun staff must have – their hearts must have fallen out of their chests <laughs> yeah, when they saw attack. that. You know, because he fell on a hard concrete. But um, but you know what I mean? Is that a fair uh, way of, of comparing and contrasting Aiden to Bamba? Well, you know, I had questions of Aiton. Um, I watched him in the in the Sacramento game, and the the thing about it for me when I watched Aiton was like he didn't play with any force. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there was listen, and, and and let me be fair too. Phoenix did a terrible job with post entries. They yeah. couldn't throw the ball into the post for the life of them. It was it was it was a joke and quite embarrassing, really. Um, but the thing about it too was. He never really held his seals. He never really kind of bodied up in the post and things like that. It was it was easy. You know, there was one play in particular where Bagley started out behind him and he's standing there like this and he doesn't seal Bagley off. And all he does is just kind of get around and now he's fronting him and now it's a tougher pass. And I just kind of was like, you know, I, I what I would have liked to have seen is him kind of keep him on his butt a little bit, sort of, you know, you know, the phrase kind of put him in jail and keep him on his back. And stuff. I just didn't see that, and that really scares me about Aiton. You know yeah. about you know you're that big. You got to play with some sort of force and tenacity. It's if it's even if it's not posting up when you're setting screens. You know you got to make contact, and you got to you know you, you don't want to knock somebody's head off, but you want to make contact. You want to you want to hit them basically. Yeah, right. Uh, well, you know, like I'll live with a fa- I'll live with an offensive foul on a screen if you make contact with the guy. Sure. You yeah, know, I'll, and, and, I'll deal with it. And he, all he has to do is learn. That's like some technique too. I feel like that the backing up uh, screen where you're just mm-hmm. your hands are up, like I'm not doing anything, Raph. I'm just getting out of the way. But you're just like taking the guy out with you uh, on your back. Uh, those are little things that like he can study Draymond and learn. And that's not even that that um, that physical. It was funny. I was ask, asking Jeff Stotts, uh, a friend of the breakdown, Jeff Stotts, who's a guy who studies uh, you know sports medicine, 
about the, if there's ever a study for big guys who are constantly having to set really strong screens. To me, it's like opening them up for more injuries by getting guys running into them all the time. I'm not sure anyone's ever looked at that, but um, you know that's a thing. That said, I, what Igor Kukovsky is doing in Phoenix, uh, he's doing some really cool stuff I had a chance to observe uh, as far as running things out of horns to get post-ups for Aiton. And I'm not surprised that they won't execute it that well, having you know very few practices and guys yeah. who are not going to make the team. But um, you know, if they get into their training camp and they get the, the other guys on board with that, there's some really cool stuff they were doing, starting him on the high post and then curling him around a double, uh, double staggered um, baseline screens to get the post up, which I don't normally see. Usually, you see one cross screen for a guy to post up. He was getting two, and then that turned into some flexing stuff on the weak side. So it was really interesting, clever stuff. So. I would hope you're right that they'd get an easier catches there. Right. Yeah. And that's something that's a play. If we're thinking kind of the same way or similar, Minnesota used to run one for Kevin Love called like 44 and, and, and 44 C where they would basically set that that kind of two back screens to get him into the post. And that was a tough one constantly because it also would with Kevin Love's ability to kind of shoot. You know, if you tried to cheat the screen, he would just pop back and have a three. Yeah. Uh, and, and things like that. So, you know, there's a lot of fun ways to get guys in the post. It's, it, I'm, I was thinking about it just this morning. I was kind of sad, like the post is kind of slowly disappearing from the game because it was always, I always enjoyed finding interesting ways to get a good post up. Sure. And, and I don't know if I, did I say it right, Kokoskov? I think I did, but now I'm not sure. Igor Kokoskov, uh, certainly a name we should, we should know as he's, you know, coming over to head the, the Suns. Uh, and by the way, the other thing is, is that the best three pointers are the ones when they're, when they're passed out from the post. Yeah. So that's why it's more important. In fact, you can argue it's easier to get penetration that way. It's almost like penetration to the basket and then kick out. And that's not easy to do sometimes. So getting a good post touchdown there and kicking out, it's just it's easier and better. And that's what we're seeing. You know, that, that was a big part of whenever the Warriors throw the ball in the post, they're not trying to score. Out, they're not trying to get a bucket in the post. They're trying to score out of it with with some action, whether with their post splits, which are you know we've we've both done videos on, right, and 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 different cuttings and and and, and different movement off of that. And I think that's something we're going to see more of this year, and I think the following year as well, as guys kind of creating in the post. And and now, whenever Cousins is healthy, I think we're going to see the same thing from the Warriors, kind of using Cousins to really sort of facilitate the offense from there. For sure. You know, I did a video on it. It was 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 great. (laughs) One of the keys to getting the ball to the post is the vision it creates for key passes for threes. And it's that kind of vision you can create for yourself by renewing your contact lenses by using simple contacts. They let you renew your prescription and reorder your contacts from anywhere in minutes. They have a cool app that will test your vision in less than five minutes, then send the results to their licensed ophthalmologists who will review and prescribe the right contact lenses for you. This test only costs 20 bucks, which is great since a doctor's visit without insurance could cost you $200. Plus, their lens prices are unbeatable, standard shipping is free, and best of all, I've got an even better deal for you. If you head over to simplecontacts.com slash coachnick20, you'll get 20 bucks off your first Simple Contacts order. That's simplecontacts.com slash coachnick20, or just enter my code coachnick20 at checkout. This isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam, and the only test that your current prescription still helps you see 2020 and renew that prescription. They don't write completely new prescriptions or examine eye health. 
So save 20 bucks by using my code COACHNICK20 and make renewing your contact lenses a clearer reality. Uh, let's take a quick brief interlude to talk about the best ways to create threes. That's on my mind. We're talking about this. and Maybe, maybe I'll make a video or something and, and offer this. But what we have, pick and roll, the short roll, kick to the corner, like you mentioned with Capella, drive and kick, corner lift, you know, when the pick yep. and roll happens and the guy, the roll man dives and the weak side corner goes to the wing to hit him across court pass. You have hammer to the corner. You got post-ups, so we just talked about splits and one pass away or skips. Offensive rebounds, another great way to get threes. Yeah. Anything else I'm missing? No, I mean to put you on the besides, spot. Besides like a transition three or, oh. or, or, or something like that, I, I I don't think you're missing too much out of that. I can't really think Right. You know, if you're gonna try and like design a new an offense, it's like I almost think I, I go backwards. I'd be like, okay, we want the threes. What are the actions we want from threes? And then from there you kind of figure out, okay, what are we gonna run to get that action, those specific actions? But um well, I, and I really right. like I really like the 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 corner lift action you were talking about, you know, this is something we, we call it shake, um, at some places. And, and I, 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 I really love that. Cause that really just puts that defender in such a tough spot. You know, oh. you got, you got to take the roll guy and, and now you got to close out and now it's further away and, and it's, it's a great action and, and really puts defenses in a, in, in a difficult situation and rotation. I, I love those shake or, or lift actions. Well, here's what's funny about that. So in summer league, um, I, I ran into Caleb Canales, who is an assistant for the Mavericks. And now he's with, um, in the, with the Knicks uh, as an assistant to um, Fisdale. And uh, he, one of the best guys to ever be around for basketball. Absolutely. And we had an hour just me and him in like a conference room. People were pick, peeking their head in and like just kind of walking out slowly because it was it was on. Like we were full on defending each other. We were like jumping in each other's face. We were doing everything. And we I was trying to dissect that bump. So you can picture that when the roll man is going to the basket, the weak side defender, guy, guy in the corner, is supposed to come over and tag or bump the roll man. It's usually a guard. The big man is usually a big man rolling. And I'm wondering, like, what the heck is that really supposed to do? Now, Caleb Canales had a great insight into the fact that, like, it kind of disrupts the lob because you kind of get in the guy's way. But quite honestly, like, what's a 6'2 guy going to do on a 7-footer who's coming down hard? So I'm starting to wonder if we need to, like, rethink how we defend that whole weak side corner action anyway. You know what I mean? No, I'm with you. And I think depending on the shooter, it's it's, it's do you go or not go? I think if you – if if it's a guy who you're like, I'll live with that guy shooting that three, then yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'll, I'll tell my guards to bump. But if it's a guy you don't want to shoot, I think it's just, hey, look, you two guys in the pick and roll better do a damn good job. High hands, having everything ready, discourage the lob and and big guy you got to get back, depending what the, the coverage is. And I would just tell the weak side corner, don't let him get a three because nowadays, you know, everybody's trying to get that three ball. That's the shot they want. Mm-hmm. You want to kind of um, take that away. Maybe even just stun at the the bump and make the guard think you're bumping, and then and then just go with the shooter. Uh, might be something I would I, I would look at. But I think it also depends on who who's lifting, right? If I'm lifting, leave me alone. You're fine. Go ahead right. and go to the roll guy. You know, if 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 if, if, if Clay's lifting, yeah, you better go with Clay. I haven't seen you shoot. I'm assuming that. Uh... You not can good. knock a couple of those down, no? I can, I can, I can not. Listen, I'm a game time player. Games <laughs> on the line, I can knock them out on game time. But you know, it's it's uh, you got to prove it's it. Shaky. It's shaky. You gotta let me get 
Yeah, you got to yeah. let me prove it. That, that's the thing. I think we're going to end up getting that point where, I mean, because that said, most teams are probably ideally going to have, the, you know, the four guys on the floor that can really, you can't leave alone. But in reality, it seems like there's always that one or two people uh, that you're going to say, thank you. Like, I'm not going to close out. Please shoot that. And I'll and if you hit five or six of those and we lose, like, I'll tip my cap to you. Um, right. So you're right. That's another good point about the tag or the, or the bump is that simply um, – you know, there are shooters that you don't care about. You can leave them alone and get in the way of other stuff. So, good point. Uh, we'll ask you about this about, up. Oh, yes, go let ahead. Me, let me ask you this question about Caleb. Was he wearing a long sleeve t shirt? Uh, yeah, probably. He never wears <laughs> anything other than a long sleeve t shirt. I bumped into him in Vegas several years ago, and it was thousands of degrees outside as it is during the summertime. Yeah. And he was wearing a long sleeve shirt and a shirt over. And I looked at him, I'm like, man, you're not cooking inside there? Just, he's, it's he's just, cool it's just school, Caleb's man. thing. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's great. And um, and I love his story, too. And if you ever around him, he's infectious. It's really amazing. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's wrap this up with, like, one last spotlight of one quick play, a player quickly we can talk about that uh, that really caught your eye. Well, uh, I, I want to bring up the guy, the question we had on Twitter, uh, the Shea Gill-Alexander from the Clippers. I like him. I think he's, I think he's, he's a tough guard. Listen, he's going to struggle shooting. He's uh, uh, shot about 25% from three, uh, and that's something that they're going to have to work on. This is going to be a big test for the Clippers in the sense of they don't really develop that much. We don't have a lot of great development stories from them, you know, and he's going to be behind Beverly, and now Tadosic is going to be there. Like, he's got to fight for minutes, and, and they they want to be competitive. So it's going to be a big test of, of – how they develop this young man, but he's got a lot of good tools. He's long as hell. He's he's got a good defensive tenacity about him. I, he can get to the rim. He's lightning quick, which is pretty impressive, you know, because a lot of teams are going to hang back on him defensively in the regular season. And that's the other thing in summer league, you don't really pay attention to the scouting reports as much as teams will in the regular season. So that might be that might be something that goes away come regular season for him, but. I think this is a, this is a kid. He's a great pick for them, but they got to develop him and they got to really kind of really work on that shot and get him more consistent with that. Because if he does that, he's quick enough. He'll get to the rim and finish, and he'll find guys. You know, when when he drives to the rim, he'll find the cutters. He'll find the guys at the dunker spot and things like that. I think he's a he's a great pick for them in the future. But it, it's it's going to be a lot of eyes on their development team right now for how how well he does and how well he develops. I like him. I think he's got a lot of upside for them. Sure, sure. And uh, probably another in the long line of Kentucky players that really don't know how to play coming out, like all the right. world talent, but uh, maybe needs a lot more seasoning. Um, and But eventually we see all those guys really develop nicely. But again, it, it, it will be an interesting test for the Clippers per, uh, specifically to see if they can get that out of that. I know Tyron, Tyron, excuse me, Tyrone Wallace from last year was a, came on the show and was a sort of in that same mold, not as quick, not as much of an athlete as him, but had a lot of success uh, playing for the Clippers in that 6'6 guard role. Um, and so I would, I'm wondering to see if they're going to plug him into that spot and, uh, or, or, or not either or, or get him some stuff. The pick and roll, he's, he's actually pretty good at that, I would think, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good at the pick and roll and, and, and navigating through it. He he does a nice he has a nice little uh, cross back or snake dribble out of it and and kind of getting back to the other side of the the defender and then getting to the rim and things like that. He's he's got a nice game. He's got it's 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 got it's there's got to be a lot more polish to it. Got to kind of clean up some things there. I think uh, defensively he's going to be really good. He's just long. He's gonna and the thing is he's going to get tutored by Patrick Beverly, another bulldog out there. Um, and, and, and ball hawk defensively. So this is going to be a good 
situation for him. I expect to see him kind of even become more aggressive defensively. Uh, I, the offensive game needs to needs to kind of come fully around. You know, it's going to be hard as a guard if you can't shoot. Um, right. and, and like we talked about, teams are going to leave you. He, he would be a guy, if he's lifting, I'm not going to worry about, you right. know. All right. Well, uh, awesome stuff. Thank you for breaking all that down. Always great to hang out with you a little bit, even if it's virtually. Um, <laughs> and uh, But we'll have to make sure we do it in L.A. soon uh, before yes. uh, it gets too late in the summer. But uh, anyway, thank you so much for coming on, Mo. And, uh, that, you know, everyone else, make sure you follow him. Tell us where we follow you on Twitter, Mo. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at modakil underscore NBA. So M-O-D-A-K-H-I-L underscore NBA. Um, and you can go to thejumpball.net and, and, and see what I'm up to. Beautiful. Well, thanks for coming on again. And uh, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Mo? I'm always in. <laughs>